Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season two of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, October 10th, the year of our Lord, 2021. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, have you ever been falsely accused of some wrongdoing or sin that you did not commit and then suffered for it? Some rumors, smears, and unjust characterizations die, but others spread like wildfires. Whether behind your back or to your face, it is difficult knowing how to respond to false accusations made against you, especially when people have bought into the lies and it seems like everyone is against you. When we come back, we're going to look at a model for praying when you are suffering, but not for any sin you have committed. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Today we are looking at a model for praying when you are suffering, but not for any sin you have committed. Our lesson today is found in Psalms 26. It is known as the first prayer. This is a testimony psalm. Our scripture reading is taken from Psalm 26, verses 1 through 12. And I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible if you want to follow along with the scripture reading. Now, reading from the book of Psalms, chapter 26, beginning at verse 1, the psalmist writes, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands of innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved thy habitations, O Lord, I have loved the habitations of thy, thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is 
full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in the even place, and the congregations will I bless the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Amen. Ladies, most scholars believe that David wrote Psalm 26 as he was being hunted by King Saul, who had made false accusations against him, including accusations of idol worship, and who sought to kill him. David appealed to God for help because he had done nothing to deserve the treatment he was receiving from Saul. In Psalms 26, we see a model for praying when you are suffering, but not for any sin you have committed. When you need God's help in times of suffering, and you can confidently assert that the reason for your suffering is not your own personal sin, that is when it would be appropriate for you to pray after the pattern of this psalm. Psalm 26 is a psalm of innocence. David responded to Saul's false accusations and pursuit of him with first a petition to the Lord for judgment in verses 1 and 2. Secondly, a declaration of his innocence in verses 3 through 7. Third, a prayer to the Lord in verses 8 through 10. And finally, um, for a reassertion of his innocence in verses 11 and 12. So let's unpack Psalms 26. In verse 1, David says, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I've trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Right off the bat, David, without fear, asked the Lord to judge him. He says that he has trusted in the Lord, lived a life based on faith in God. And no matter the challenge or the danger he is facing, David says, I shall not slip or I shall not slide is the word he used, meaning I will not I have not wavered. In verse 2, David says, or he continues with his petition to the Lord saying, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. David is so confident of having lived a life of faith and trust in the Lord that he asked the Lord to examine prove and try him. He is asking the Lord to examine his heart and his mind. He says, try my reins in my heart. The reins are the inward workings or inner thoughts of a man or woman. And the heart refers to our motives. So David is asking the Lord to examine his inner thoughts and motives. And he is sure that if the Lord does this, he will be found blameless and a man of integrity. David is suffering life-threatening persecution from the government led by King Saul. And David is proclaiming his innocence. He is saying, I do not deserve this treatment. 
and he is praying to the Lord in order to make both the situation known to him and to ask the Lord to test him like metal to see if he is the genuine article. Then in verse three, David continues giving self-confident justification for his petition saying, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes and I have walked in thy truth. David is aware of the Lord's loyal covenant love and faithful devotion to him because in the midst of Saul's persecution of David, whether he was in the palace with spears flying all around, in a cave hiding like an animal, or around a mountain pass just barely avoiding death, God showed his covenant love to David and his truth as revealed in his word. David loved the Lord. He was aware of the Lord's love for him, and he was motivated by the word of God. These are the reasons why David is not experiencing the persecution in his life due to his own waywardness or sin. He absolutely loved the Lord, was faithful to him, and found no pleasure in the company of people who hated God. David has stated the facts of his faithful living to God, and now he describes with great enthusiasm the ways in which he has demonstrated his faith. In verses 4 through 8, he says, I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thy honor dwelleth. God is a God of truth. And the Bible tells us that he hates lies. Liars, as we know from the book of Revelation, will have their part in the lake of fire. In our scripture text, David says that he has no interest in identifying with vain or deceitful people. Now, just so there's no misunderstanding, we know from New Testament teachings that Jesus ate with sinners. We know he received them and spoke with them. But I think we need to remind ourselves of Jesus's purpose in eating with sinners. Jesus's purpose in eating with sinners was not to enjoy or participate in their vile conversations. The reason the Son of God associated with sinners was to speak truth to them and to save them. So Jesus's contact with sinners was redemptive. That was his purpose, to treat them like a physician would treat a sick person not to participate in evil with them, nor enjoy their sin. 
So when David says that he has not sat with vain persons, he is not expressing a holier than thou attitude. He is simply saying that he is not participating with sinners in their sin, which is something that God discouraged his people from doing in both the Old and New Testaments. So there is no discord between what David is saying in verse 3 and how Jesus lived or how we are supposed to live. The bottom line is this. God does not want his people participating in the sins of ungodly people. In verse 5, we have an inspired example of David's emotions when it comes to the congregation of evildoers and the wicked. David hated the gatherings of groups of people who congregate in order to resist God, and he would not sit or even associate himself with them. That is the extent to which David hated these gatherings. All too often, we connect hatred with violence. Yet look at what David is pointing to as the result of his hatred of evildoers. He did not commit any violent act. He simply did not sit or associate himself with them. Associating with evil or wicked people is forbidden to the believer because it encourages us to participate in evil. So again, when Jesus sat with sinners, it was not to participate in their evil deeds, but to seek their redemption. Sometimes we have very little control over our contacts and associations in life. Our path in life can sometimes cross with some pretty wicked people. But when we do cross paths with them, we are obligated to choose and value our associations with a heavenly perspective, not an earthly one. When we choose to sit with wicked evildoers, we adopt a posture of ease and continuance. And one day we will have to answer to the true and living God for our choice and association. In verse six, David says, I will wash mine hands in innocency and will I compass thine altar, O Lord. Washing hands was something that the Lord commanded Aaron and his sons to do in the bronze sea, also known as the washing bowl that was outside of the tabernacle because they could not minister in the tabernacle before washing their hands. David borrows this imagery to anticipate his coming before the Lord's altar to worship him. Again, David repeats the conviction that he is innocent and that he should not be receiving persecution from King Saul and his government. Yet David did not believe he was sinless or perfect. No one is without sin or perfect. So David did need to wash his hands, and he did also in the innocence of a clear conscience before God. 
Today, especially with COVID-19 and related variants, people wash their hands more than ever before. Perhaps every time we do, we should remind ourselves to receive the cleansing that comes from Jesus and his work on the cross and our responsibility to cleanse our hands from wicked actions, our mouth from wicked words, and our heart from wicked desires. Outward cleanliness is good, but with worth little for eternity if our life and our heart are filthy before God. In verses 7 and 8, David promises to praise the Lord. He says, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. So David availed himself of God's altar, both for atonement and for offering of thanksgiving. And David's walk with the Lord was not just about avoiding evil, but also about his deep love for God and his desire to be in his presence. We cannot continue to obey God for an extended period of time without God's presence and glory. And David confessed that he loved the tabernacle because it was the place where God dwelled. Does this sound like someone who deserves to be hunted like an animal. Verses 10 and 11 says, tells us that David did not want the Lord, tells us what David did not want the Lord to do. I'm sorry, I got that backwards. Verses 9 and 10 tells us what David did not want the Lord to do. He says, gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. And whose hands is mischief and their right hand is full of bribes. Remember that David in his lifetime refused to associate himself with wicked, evil people. Here he asked the Lord to keep him from sinners in death because he considered it a curse to be associated with them in life and or in death. He talks about the mischief of sinners and says that their hands are full of bribes. A few weeks ago, we, right here on this program, talked about how the Bible condemns taking bribes as an offense against justice. Here too, David speaks of bribery as something morally wrong. Sin might bribe us with momentary pleasures. But William Gurnall says, a soul walking in its integrity will not take bribes neither from men nor sin itself. Now that we know what David did not want the Lord to do, let's examine what he wanted the Lord to do. In verses 11 and 12, David says, but as for me, I will walk in mine integrity Redeem me and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place in the congregations. Will I bless the Lord? David is saying that regardless of the danger he is facing and the presence of the wicked, with the Lord's help, he will walk in his integrity. He asked the Lord to redeem him and to be 
merciful to him because David knew that this was the only way he could walk in integrity. He also knew that with the appropriate resolve and trust in the Lord, despite the dangers all around him, he stood on level ground in an even place where nothing could cause him to stumble. And there in the congregation, he would bless the Lord, not as an outcast or a castaway, but as a congregant in the congregation of worshipers. With all of the emotional turmoil David has expressed in this Psalms, it is a little bit shocking to hear this final note of confidence and praise. All of a sudden, David notes that his foot is standing on an even place, that he is not going to stumble and fall, and he is confident of God's protection and help. This is the place we need to come to when we pray to the Lord like David is doing in our scripture passage today. When we pray, we can become emotional and pour out our bitterness and difficulties to the Lord. But by the end of our prayer, we need to get to where David is here expressing and finding confidence in the Lord's care and protection for us. Also note David's final promise of praise. He said, in the congregation, will I bless the Lord? Ladies, the congregation is the place where David said he will bless the Lord. David is speaking of the congregation of those who worship the Lord. That is in contrast to the congregation of evildoers, which David previously said he hated. David, and you and I should, love being in gatherings with people like himself, people who love the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, please send. We have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidely app at Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. Then at Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y.com. You may donate to Broken Vessels hyphen Mended and Whole. Via PayPal at Broken Vessels Mended and Whole at gmail.com, or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels Mended and Whole, a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization. We're located at P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California 90034. Join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. And don't forget to check in with me on Facebook Live at Evangelist Janice, J-A-N-I-S, Nelson, today at 12 noon Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you.